This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Time now for our science segment. Uh, Jason Tetro is the host of the super awesome science show. He joins me now. Jason. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming on. What's on the show this week? So this week, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, which is incredibly interesting because everybody has been hearing about it for the last, oh, I don't know, 40 or 50 years, ever since HAL came around in 2001, A Space Odyssey. But the fact of the matter is, is that in all the different areas that we've been seeing artificial intelligence, one thing that we haven't really looked at is how it's going to affect our health. And we actually focus on that with the show. And one of the beautiful things about it is that while we are involved in artificial intelligence pretty much already, it hasn't yet gone into prime time. Uh, And there's a number of pitfalls behind that. But what we're going to do is we're going to first off talk to you about how it works and when it works. And then what we're going to do is we're going to give you an idea as to maybe how it might be able to change our society. And we have a... Uh, a guest on the show. His name is uh, David Buckeridge. He's at McGill University. And he actually is figuring out how we're going to be able to use artificial intelligence to be able to change society as a whole. Just uh, listen to him here. The digital platforms that are now ubiquitous in the form of smartphones and, and, you know, things inside your home that can record your voice and you can interact with them directly. These are all devices that have a capacity to not only gather data, but also to think about embedding intelligence in that, you know, depending on how you think about it, it can become a bit eerie and almost sort of Orwellian, but as long as it's happening with people's consent in a way that they understand and that they are in some way driving, this can become a very powerful connected environment for promoting health. All right, Jason, artificial intelligence is a scary concept for a lot of people. How can it be used effectively? Well, I think the big thing that we need to realize is that there is obviously going to be some resistance to artificial intelligence because, quite honestly, there still is that stereotype that we're going to have to submit to our robot overlords. And one of the people that we end up talking with uh, on the show, his name is Alex John London. He's actually an ethicist as well as a philosopher. And he actually explains to us that the idea of having a black box telling us what to do may not be the greatest thing. So one of the most important aspects of being able to have artificial intelligence help us down the road with our health is actually to have humans. And when we start talking about putting humans in with artificial intelligence, then maybe we can start using computers not just as data collection, but also as tools to give us ideas as to how we can improve our our, our health. Okay, where does it go from here? What are the next steps here? So, well, the next steps really are for people to... uh, provide more information so that we can gather that data. Now, this has been done in diagnostics, and we've actually seen this, and our our third guest happens to be a person who's using artificial intelligence to do proper diagnostics. But in terms of society, uh, what we really need to do is make sure that we have a number of different types of equipment that happen to be all over the place, and that we're constantly providing more and more information with, and, and hopefully, as Buckeridge said, it's with our consent. What I think is going to be really interesting is that this has a much wider application than just simply humans. I think this possibly could help to improve the planet. 
Okay, how could that be done? How could we improve the planet by using uh, artificial intelligence? Well, let me tell you something. It looks like Canada is already going to be taking the lead on that. Have you ever actually seen a SpaceX launch? Yeah, sure. On you know, TV, those, I have. Yeah. Yeah, the rockets where Elon Musk, you know, fires something up in the air with that, um, shall we say, uh, interestingly shaped rocket. Um, Well, usually there are payloads that that go out there. And, uh, you know, other than Elon Musk's Tesla, no one has really paid attention. But next Tuesday, there's going to be a payload that is going to be incredibly important for Canada. It's known as the Radar Sat Constellation Trio. And it's three satellites that are going to be going up into, the, uh, into orbit. And what they're going to do is they're going to be able to provide pinpoint, like we're talking really small observational data. But I use observational in a way that's a little different because instead of satellites like we see, you know, when they're doing the, the weather forecast and that, they're going to be using radar. And that is so much more important. You know, tell you what. The, the 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 mission manager for RadarSat at the Canadian Space Agency is Steve Iris, and he actually recently talked about the RadarSat constellation and and what it's going to be able to do for us. Just just listen to him. We will be able to monitor regularly the same sites over and over, which provides us very precise measure. Subtle changes will be able to monitor at millimeter level. A good example is probably the permafrost melting in the north. We'll be able to monitor the subsidence which could have an impact on certain infrastructure integrity, like railroad or pipeline. Okay, what is Canada going to do with all this information collected by these satellites? Well, I think that's really where that, that idea of mixing artificial intelligence and humans is going to come in. The Canadian Space Agency and other parts of the government are going to be taking all that data that's coming from these uh, satellites. And can I just say, the idea of being hundreds of kilometers in space, being able to identify millimeter resolution is just freaky cool. Um, but they're going to take all that information and then they're going to start developing models using humans. So the humans are going to come in, they're going to start looking at this, they're going to develop machine programming, they're going to develop machine languaging, so that we're going to be able to take that data and then create not just an idea of what's happening in the present, but also predictions. Because one of the biggest things about climate change is that a lot of people say, well, it's all based on predictions from like millions of years of history and everything, and no one really knows what's going on. These satellites are going to give us a really good perspective as to what is going on in the present so that we can make those predictions for the future and maybe find ways to be able to prevent it. All right, that's great, Jason. Thanks a lot for coming on.